Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a construction and real estate professional, a friend, and someone I think should also do stand-up comedy. We met about seven or eight years ago, which we'll get into when he was with, with Brandy White, Brandy Wine, rather, Realty Group. And uh, we met about like I said, about seven, eight years ago, I think is what I have it down as Chris. Chris Condon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you uh, getting me on last minute. I know that you had somebody cancel earlier today, so you just kind of <laughs> went down the list and got me. I knew how this was going to start. And I'm, I was going to get into how long we've been trying to, we've been playing tag. It's been six or seven months. Yep. And I paused there for a second, but uh, yeah, six or seven months and finally you're here. Good to have you. I focus on delivering projects on time. <laughs> That's where my focus has gone. I I know. I know. But thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, I wanted to go back to the beginning. You're from the Boston area. You went to Boston College High School. So anyone out there who is a Pats, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins fan, we have I your guy. You still fans of all them? Oh, look at that. Look at that. My Super Bowl ring. Wow. You didn't change fandom, right? You're, you're, right you're a Philadelphia now, fan, as now, right? live and breathe, I am a Birds fan. Yes. Now, if Pats were still in it, then what? I'm a Birds fan. Oh. I made my transition this fall. Interesting. My son still talks to me daily about how amazing the Bruins and Celtics are doing. And I love that. Yeah. But right now, go Birds. Go Birds, indeed. This is going to be fun this weekend against the Giants. So you went to Boston College High School, and did you have an idea? You went to Catholic University of America. You have a BA in communications. Did you know what you wanted to do or what you wanted to be when you graduated high school? 
So I grew up in construction. My father was a residential general contractor. My mom was a Catholic school teacher. We lived in a small town. And my favorite Christmas present every year was the one that my dad got at the lumber yard, probably for free. It was an apron and a carpenter's pencil. And if I was lucky, I got a hammer and I got to go to work with him. And so from the time I was real little, I was cleaning up job sites and then I was helping to, you know, lug material and that morphed into framing houses or doing roofing or building houses. And so I loved doing that. I loved my summers when I could work with my dad full time. And so tail end of high school, I was like, I don't need to go to college. Like, I'll just, I'll just keep doing this. My parents were much smarter than I and said, no, you can go to, you can go to college focus on that. My dad's advice was always get a job that doesn't require you to work outside in the winter, which is solid advice. And fast forward through Catholic University, where I have a communications degree, which I often refer to as a BS and BS. Uh, and at this point, I think I've, I think I've hit the master's or maybe I have a doctorate in that. Um, but graduated Catholic and knew I wanted to get into construction and or real estate. Got it. And doing the research on you, are you going for your master's right now at Georgetown? I am in the in the the deep throes of a master's of professional studies in real estate, which is okay. It's like an MBA, but it's more specific to what what you and I do. Got it. And you're projected to finish this year. Is that correct? Uh, I'm probably another year out with the way that just the workload has been and trying to fit classes into a life of uh, a husband and father of four active kids and a job that has me traveling coast to coast. So, but I'm working at it. Yeah. You're moving, you're moving and grooving. And I know that was a big, big reason for us not being able to connect. You were out in uh, LA, I believe a lot of the times, which we'll get into. So after college, you started as a marketing coordinator for Turner Construction. Did you land that right away after you graduated? Was there any gap period after graduation? There was kind of the summer, I'll say, between graduating and I graduated May of 2001, did some residential construction, worked at a bar over the summer, trying to figure out who I wanted to be, kind of got into that ugly routine of staying up until two or three in the morning and then sleeping late, which is not great when you're looking for a job. And then 9-11 happened, and I was starting a new job that day. I remember the day as if it was yesterday. It was a beautiful, sunny day in Washington, D.C., and I thought, like, today is, is the start. And it was kind of like it was a temp job, and that was the start of, like, a six-week process. I often say to friends and people that I meet, I am truly one of the luckiest people that you might ever meet in your life. And I'll say, I say that for many reasons because I am blessed with so many great things, but I got a temp job at Turner Construction in their marketing department, which fit with my degree, my, my communications and marketing degree. The woman who I was filling in for was out on maternity leave. She came back eight weeks later and she was like, I'm just going to grab my personal belongings and I'm out. Like I'm not staying. And so I was fortunate to get this opportunity at Turner to, for a full-time job out of that temp job. And 
working in the marketing department of a, of a large construction company, I daily worked with the president of that branch. So Turner is an incredibly big company, 50 offices. I worked with uh, a guy, Bill Brennan, who ran the Mid-Atlantic region. I worked with the heads of business development and estimating. And so I was just immediately like immersed in the culture of that office. Got it. And that was, that was obviously tough times in 2001. So to get that opportunity. Yeah. It was a great landing spot. And, and I, so got that job, did that for a year and then kind of begged and pleaded to, to get out into construction. And so they used to give me a hard time. I traded my nine to five for a five to nine, which is very relevant to a lot of the listeners, I'm sure. And I became a, or got the opportunity to be an assistant superintendent on kind of working my career in reverse, a $500 million job, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in, in Alexander, Virginia. Yeah, what, what an experience that must have been. Amazing. Um, Absolutely yeah. amazing. And I see that you were on that project, it looks like, for a couple years. Did they know when you first were there, they know you wanted to be in the field? You wanted to get in the construction? I think when I got the job as a temp, I just kind of fit the mold for marketing. And then the more I was doing that and kind of talking the lingo and, and had experience, obviously, on a much smaller scale, right? Building somebody's deck in their backyard in, in uh, Massachusetts is a little bit different than a, a $500 million job in Alexandria. But they knew that I had that drive. And uh, I got the opportunity to go interview with a guy by the name of Rick Bell, who was a hard man. I went to the job site quad trailer, about 15 to 18, average age was like 25, superintendents on, on the base building side. And this guy, Rick, looked at me and he was like, uh, I got a meeting, just wait right there. And he made me sit in this trailer for like four hours. <laughs> and then he came back and he looked at my resume. And he looks at it and he just kind of looks at me. He was like, this isn't going to work. I'll just call back to the office and let them know that I don't have a spot for you. And I was, I said to him, they sent me here. I'll be here tomorrow. Find a spot. And awesome. he was like, okay, be here at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Maybe it will work. And so <laughs> he and I went on to have a great relationship because he was testing me, right? He was yeah. pushing my buttons and, and I yeah. outworked mm-hmm. anybody I possibly could on that job site because I felt like I was constantly behind. I was the, the guy that was not a professional engineer. I was not a civil engineer. I was not mechanical. I don't have a construction management degree. And yep. loved every second of that job. Those old school guys, it just makes me think of my you know, my experience in past, which is very similar. You know, they just love to see how thick your skin is, right? Love to push your buttons. Makes you a better person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you develop better relationships too. You were with Turner for almost five years. So you were assistant superintendent, then you moved up to superintendent role, and then you became a lead superintendent. Just touch quickly on on how bec- how a lead superintendent, just what that entailed from an assistant super role. So assistant superintendent starting out, I was an assistant super on the patent and trademark project. It's like six buildings. So I had a superintendent, Brad Carter, who I, I reported to, and I was kind of the grunt. I was taking head counts. I was walking around telling guys to put on their hard hats and safety glasses. I was running for this, that, and the other thing. But you worked all day kind of answering questions, asking questions, updating drawings with RFIs and, uh, and checking on submittals. 
not really the one in the meeting, more the kind of liaison between the superintendent and, and the guys in the field. And then as a superintendent, you are that lead. You are the one that is driving the project, pushing the schedule. So when I left the patent and trademark project, I went to Crystal City, Virginia, and was uh, one of the lead superintendents on a renovation of, of two buildings there that actually the patent and trademark group had left. And on that, I was kind of like a quasi project manager and superintendent. So much smaller group, much deeper in the weeds and involved with directly with the owners. So now at the superintendent level, level you're meeting with the clients, you're meeting with the, the design team and you're kind of master of, of your own at that point. Great explanation. And then you moved on to, I guess, your first development company called B. PG Development Company. Uh, you were with them for over six years. Talk a little bit about how you know that came about and your role there. Sure. So I met my wife, Kim, when uh, we were both at Catholic University. I'm a couple years older. I stayed after I graduated. I got a job with Turner. So when she graduated, I said, okay, it's your turn to stay. And we got engaged and we got married a year after she, she graduated. So the time frame of the end of Turner and the beginning of BPG was I came home one night and she said, I'm pregnant, we're moving to Philadelphia. So it's now been 16, almost 16 and a half years, four kids later. I came up actually to Philadelphia, right around the corner from where I'm sitting now, and met with the Turner team here about transferring. After that, I had about two hours before I had to catch the train back to DC. I stopped off at Center Square West to visit my sister-in-law who worked for BPG. And I was in a suit and had my, my resume with me. And she was 22 right out of school. And this guy, Steve Shanahan, was like, who the hell is this guy meeting with you? And she said, oh, it's my brother-in-law. He works for Turner. And he said, hey, do you have a resume? He was the guy that ran construction for BPG. Gave my resume and ended up with a job offer. And that ended up being a great opportunity to, to transition to a new role on the owner side. And BPG has, has since, more people probably know them as Equus, but I worked for them, gosh, I worked for them for about six years, like you said, and, and started working for them in Pennsylvania, had the opportunity, classic construction and maybe other industry story. Hey, we have these properties up in Boston. You're from Boston. It's like three months worth of work. Can you make a couple trips up, wrap up these projects? And I did that like two days a week for four years. That was an amazing opportunity. Again, luckiest guy you'll ever meet. Three or four months into that, uh, my dad was diagnosed with, with bladder cancer. And I was able to kind of visit with him more often than if I was just living down here. He is healthy still to this day, which is a blessing. But that was kind of a hidden blessing of that. And that also hit right during the Great Recession. And a lot of my coworkers were laid off. But I was able to, I think because of that, that workload up in Boston uh, and having also living down here, I kind of ended up working in Northern Virginia to, to Boston. Got it. So then you started, that's really where you got into the development and real estate world. That was your first taste of it. And then you moved on to Thomas Properties Group as a senior construction manager there for a brief period. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I uh, got a call from a headhunter about an opportunity in the city with Thomas Properties Group, TPG, and uh, it felt like the right time to make that transition from the suburban 
office portfolio stuff. And also it was, it was based in Philadelphia. So it was an opportunity for seven days to just be home and not be on the road. And TPG developed and owned Commerce Square and also at the time managed 1835 Market. So it was like uh, I could drive in and I could walk between buildings. And, you know, it was 2 million plus square feet, like right there. It was a great opportunity to, to take over some high-rise buildings in the city. That company was short-lived for me because they were acquired. And in that acquisition process, the company that acquired them, a company Parkway, did not want to be in Philadelphia. It was not the Parkway parking company that people know. They didn't want to be in Philadelphia. And Brandywine was already an investor in Commerce Square. So they were the natural group to acquire those buildings. And like a sports team, I say I was, I was acquired in the acquisition to, to an amazing opportunity at Brandywine. And that's where we met. We met at Brandywine. And it was probably like I, I estimate 2016, 2017. We met from a mutual friend who was working there as well brought us in, did a few projects for you, and, and I really got to know you with the project called Great Sox in Pensalkin, right? So we worked on that together, and, and, and that's where you met Matt Elko, who was our project manager, estimator. And uh, shout out to Matt. Miss you, buddy. Matt then moved on, and you hired him. And Matt, I believe, is still, still with Brandywine. Still with Brandywine, still going strong. Great hire, great guy, and great future for sure. So you started out as a senior PM there and then quickly became director of construction. Talk about that transition. So again, was at TPG at Commerce Square, uh, picked up at Brandywine. They said, okay, great. We don't really have a construction guy in the city. We'll slowly, slowly kind of push you out to the other buildings. And like slowly ended up being like a month. I ended up quickly working at other properties in the city working with property managers and taking uh, and the leasing teams and, and taking construction in-house and a lot of that stuff. And then the highlights there were 1900 Market Street, the stock, ex- which is the old stock exchange building. We did, I don't know, it was like a 20 or $25 million renovation in the middle of that building, the atrium. We tented it over and, and worked with some great guys at Hunter Roberts and Granham AI on that. And, and then from there ended up, with an opportunity to, to backfill somebody over in Camden and to run the, the Subaru development, which was Subaru of America's headquarters in Camden, New Jersey, working with the design team, working with Turner Construction, working with the city, meeting with the mayor, and working directly with Subaru. And that's where, that's where we got to do the Great Sox, which was a relocation from an existing building that, that we were going to knock down to, to make a training center and, and move them to another building in Pensacola. Yeah, one small phase of that uh, large project, right? The transition of them. And then you became the executive director of TI, which is Tenant Improvements. And you did that for almost two years. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was at the tail end, towards the tail end of the Subaru project. There were some changes that were made in the construction department under Jeff Weinstein. And they made kind of a director of, of base building, which was John Hill or still is John Hill. And, and I got the opportunity to take over and or really create the spot to manage our TI group. I'll say nationally, but really that was uh, Brandywine had a center city office at uh, FMC Tower and then uh, a group out in Radnor, a group in, in Washington, D.C., and then out in Austin, Texas. And so 
it was just an opportunity to work with those folks and try and collect and, and put data together so that we could work best as a group and leverage re relationships and understand how best to deliver things to our tenants on behalf of our leasing team. I got to work with and, and meet with Jerry Sweeney on a regular basis, understand how he looked at things and as the CEO of, of Brandywine and you know Jeff Devano and, and George Johnstone and all the top guys at Brandywine. So again, luckiest guy you'll ever meet. Amazing opportunities. Yeah, man, definitely is. And then you moved on to where you're at today, Core Trust Capital Partners, LLC, and, and, and you're moving up quickly. How did that opportunity present itself? So at the end of Thomas Properties, three guys went out and started Core Trust Capital Partners. And so I had always stayed in touch with, with really two of the, of the three, my boss at, at Thomas Properties, which was uh, Tom Ritchie, and then Randy Scott, who's one of the partners, the third partner is John Cisco. Randy Scott was always based here in Philadelphia, and I would see him around town. And I would meet with Tom every six months or so over those handful of years as they kind of ramped up the business. Whenever he was in Philadelphia, he would let me know and we'd grab a drink or coffee or whatever. And I emailed him in June of 2018. I read an article that they had acquired a property in Pasadena, and I just shot him a note. Congrats. Glad glad that things are going well. Let me know when you're in town. And so I'm going to say it was like August of 18. He said, I'm coming in. Let's grab lunch. Go to meet him for lunch. Randy was there. Great to see them both. I'm telling me about all they're doing. And Randy said, hold on. Like, we want you to move to LA. We want you to join us. And I was like, I thought we were getting lunch. Yeah. When did you get that feeling that they were there to... The second that Randy said it, I, I was blindsided. And then that was kind of like a six month, not an easy decision to, to oh, sure. leave yeah. a company like Brandywine. But again, amazing opportunity to work with, with three guys who are just so well established and, and have such a great history together, both on, in LA and in Philadelphia, and an opportunity to, to join a young company help grow that company, put protocols and processes in place. And it felt like the right thing to do for, for me and my family. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So you're now the Senior Vice President of Development, Construction, and Operations. And I'm, I was going back in some of our emails. You said LA was busier than Philly. Is that still the case? Pasadena, well, so it, it ebbs and flows. We have, uh, we own two Liberty Place here in, in Center City, Philly, which we're fortunate because it is very well leased. And we've completed our capital projects uh, at all of our properties. So then it becomes in my role, my day-to-day -day becomes heavy leasing, right? Like, so working with our leasing teams and completing fit-outs, and if we associate or tie a, a, a common area or a restroom to that, completing those projects. So LA was pretty busy over the summer, 
Uh, we had a couple full floor tenants that moved in there and, and that included some exciting work. Pasadena is, is just an incredible property uh, and has been very popular. And from a leasing perspective, we still have plenty of room to go, but it's heading the right direction. So I'm out there about a week a month. Got it. And for people that don't know Core Trust Capital Partners, they're a leaser of real estate property. Yeah, we are an LA-based company. You are? Okay. Yes. Uh, we are a value-add company, so we look for buildings like we, we've acquired. Uh, downtown LA, 444 South Flower was uh, a building in need of some love. Pasadena, same thing. It was the corporate center of Pasadena. It's now Paso Royo. And then Two Liberty, just in need of some love and attention, and, and we've given it that. Good stuff, my friend. And talk a little bit about something that's near and dear to your heart. For Pete's sake, Cancer Respite Foundation, uh, you, you know, some of the events that you've put out, you've, you've had, you organized the walk team at uh, Citizens Bank Park, which is, which is pretty cool. And now you're recently on the board. You got it. And thank you for mentioning For Pete's Sake. I got involved with For Pete's Sake probably in 2013 or 14 through some friends. Was a walker at the walk, was successful. And I, I've often said that I'm successful when it comes to fundraising because of my title, right? Like I, I work with a lot of GCs and subcontractors and architects and engineers and people that are looking to be on the good side. And I very much appreciate that and, and respect it. So I, because I did well fundraising, I was asked, hey, can you, can you help chair this committee? So I uh, chaired, was a co-chair of the walk for a few years. And then earlier this, well, I guess last year, was given the opportunity to join the board, which is, is really a great thing. Can, uh, for Pete's sake, is a cancer respite foundation. We uh, used to send people away to houses that we owned in the Orlando area. We pick people up, take them to the airport, fly them down, send them to Disney, put them in a house that has a pool and, and let them experience laughs and good times. And really, it, it, the slogan is take a break from cancer. So mom or dad, because we really target families between you know, the ages of 29 to early 50s. They are proposed by their, their oncologists and their oncology teams that will say, hey, this person we think could benefit from a week away. And more recently, with as a result of COVID, we've been sending people to the Woodlock Resort up in, uh, up in the Poconos. And just the research says that a week away from doctor's appointments and drowning in medical bills and focusing on the negative, which I think is easy to do when you're in that situation. Taking the opportunity to focus on your kids, focus on your spouse or your support team, your family, is just an amazing thing. And I've been involved long enough that I've been to so many events and listened to 15 to 20-year-old, 25-year-old kids who say, my mom passed, but my memory is, you know, playing with her in the pool in Orlando. It's not that she was sick for two years with breast cancer. It, it was, I remember being with my dad, you know, going on a ride or being at the beach. So it's a special group. And, and I look at the people that we send away and I see myself uh, as a, a young dad of four and I just think how blessed I am to to have my health and my wife saying something I've I've latched onto and I really appreciate supporting. 
Good stuff, man. Yeah, no, I know you do. I know you do. Appreciate that share. And speaking of the many friends that you have in construction, in design, and you organize a annual get together. And uh, we appreciate you doing that. We have a lot of fun where we go out and we smoke cigars and we, ca- we catch up with our lives are so busy and, and, and you taking the time to, to set that up annually. We all look forward to it. Well, the core group, which you're part of and have been for years. 2018, I think, right? I think, I think that's when you started. it. Uh, well, the end of year party, I think I started. Yeah, actually, was it 18 or 17, 18? But before that, there was, you know, a handful of us that would go out a couple times a year. That then grew, and I think 2018, I think you're right, was a, a much larger group and did it in 19 here in, in my office in, uh, at Two Liberty. It's exciting for me to get people together, uh, like-minded people, and uh, as you know, it's a lot of competitors, right? It's guys that I might invite to a walkthrough on a Tuesday to bid against each other who are now on a Thursday night buying each other a drink and, and just talking shop something that you, a lot of those guys probably wouldn't do, but everybody seems to enjoy it. And I do get heckled by our friend Tony uh, via text and email. When are you scheduling the friends of Chris get together? Uh. <laughs> so good to have somebody that's pushing me. It's not just me. Yeah. Tony's a great guy. Yeah. Good stuff. So what, what are you working on now and what are you excited about? We are focused on on leasing up our properties right now. I'm excited that there is a little bit of a lull in the market. And I have often said that, you know, when it's slow, it's time to own your craft. It's time to clean up your, your paperwork. It's time to clean up your forms. It's, it's time to get a better understanding of what you've done over the last year or 18 months, which I don't know if it's a better understanding over the year, last year or 18 months. But I'm excited for the things to come. I think that our, our properties are as good as anybody could ever make them. I think that you know we have in-house property management at each of our properties. We have a strong team on the property management side. Each of our general managers is, is experienced, personable, strong, great to work with. We have some young people. We're a small company still. And we have some young people in our LA office that I just enjoy being with. And I can really learn a lot from them as much as maybe they can learn from me. I'm kind of a one-man team of construction on most of my jobs. My boss, Tom, is, is based in Dallas, and so we try and meet in LA. But when it comes to the one-man team, I, you know, I'll say to somebody in accounting, hey, do you want to go walk a job site upstairs? And, and they're usually like, yeah. Like Nobody ever asked me to go to a construction. So it's just fun. I, I enjoy working with the, the team that we have. So outside of work, what are you passionate about? hobbies. What does Chris do outside of business? This is a lacking one. I mean, I, I know who your followers are. I know who you've had on before. I see their posts. I see the number of books that they read and the miles that they run. <laughs> John McCarroll, I'm talking about you. Nick, I'm talking about you. I'm passionate about my family. I love mm-hmm. spending time with my kids. I have four active kids and uh, I truly just enjoy being with them. I enjoy going to their sporting events. I enjoy being around them and having their friends over. That's my number one passion is my kids. And I knew what that answer was going to be. I know you do. So you know what this podcast is about. And 
if there's a young young lady, young man looking to get into development, real estate, construction, even design, what what would you suggest? What would you recommend on how they go about doing that? I would say that just because you are either in school and you're studying X, don't let it stop you from doing Y. If you graduated or you didn't go to school, right? Don't let what you're doing today in this moment stop you from doing what you want to do tomorrow. If I had stuck with, well, I have a communications degree, I guess I should do marketing, I would likely not be as happy as I am today. I truly love what I do. And so I just kind of had the mindset that I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to find my way there. And I said it before, but when I was on the, the patent and trademark office project, I worked seven days a week, many hours a day. Number one, because I loved it. But number two, because I looked around and I thought, everybody here is better at this job than I am. And so I was there to just grind and learn and ask questions. And, and get better. Yeah. Get better. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want to do plumbing, find that opportunity, be open and honest to say, I don't know this wrench from that wrench, but I'm here to learn and I know that this is what I'm made to do. Don't let your degree, don't let your past, don't let your your DNA stop you from mm-hmm. going after the thing that you you really want. And call people. I'll also say this. When I was 22 years old, classic 22-year-old kid or younger kid that knows everything and, and I'm going to do it myself and I still have this personality, that I'm, I'm a doer. I'm going to go do it myself. Mom and dad, hey, we know Nick Opec. You want us to call him? He, you know, he runs a company. We can maybe get you a job. Nope, I'll, I'll take care of it. I would say, let me look in the camera. I would say, use those connections. Use the friends and family. Use the neighbors. Use the acquaintances. People genuinely want to help you, whoever you are. They genuinely want to help you. If I can help you, Nick will share my contact information. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. Happy to talk to you about how I can help you. But I can't help you if you don't want help. And that's the same for everybody else you know. They can't create something for you out of thin air. You need to ask for help. You need to to make use of other people's times and connections. So very good. Great share. And, And I've said this many times before. Connections, relationships, and and I really think that's the most important thing when you go the way to college. Like those relationships, how, how many connections and relationships do you have from college still? And just those relationships and connections, and then you, they introduce you to other people and maintaining those relationships and keeping them, I think is just, just as important as, as most degrees. We touched on Matt Alco earlier. I met you through John. I met Matt through you. I still text and, and email with Matt. And, and genuinely want him to do well. And uh, we don't work together anymore, but you know he's a great guy and that's part of that connection trail, right? Absolutely. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, do you want to share contact information about your company? Best way email-wise is ccondon, C-C-O-N-D-O-N at coretrustcapital.com. And if you want to text me, text me 610-635-8643. I say text because I don't answer my phone. 
I was just going to say, not too many people share their their number, but I'm okay. Good, good doing work that. by you. I'm okay doing that because everybody needs a a connection or a, a leg up here or there. Based in Philadelphia, I do work in LA. I do work here. I've worked in DC, Boston. Let's do business together. Let's yeah, help each other out. And you're active on on LinkedIn. Yep, you're on LinkedIn as well, right? Yep, absolutely. A little bit. With your busy schedule. Hey, brother, I really appreciate you uh, making the time because I, I know finding the time is, is a struggle. You, you made the time and uh, again, appreciate you. I appreciate you, Nick. And I don't know if enough people say that and just tell you how great it is, all the things that you're doing. You're an extremely busy guy. You're up early. You're out. You're a positive attitude, which goes a long way. So it's always great to be with you and around you and, and associated with the things that you're doing. So as a peer, actually a younger peer, it's great. And you are an inspiring person to look up to and always to kind of keep tabs on what you're doing. So keep up the great work and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. And I, and I feel the same about you. I love uh, anytime we connect. You know, that's why uh, I'm also reaching out to you about the cigar events, too. Don't forget, you know, like, are we, are we doing them? It's always a good time to be around you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. And uh, I'll be connecting with you soon. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.